leave much to the imagination. Endings need to be explained, theories need discussion, and thoughts and opinions need to be shared. That's where we come in. I'm Vanessa Ann. And I'm Hannah Marie. We are the queens of the Midnight Hour. Welcome to our podcast. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween, everyone. Hope you are enjoying this spooky Halloween day. We are so excited. We have a lot to talk about today. We sure do. So on this special Halloween episode, we decided that we were going to talk to you about some of our favorite and least favorite when it comes to the genre of horror. So we're so excited to dive into this. So we're actually going to start with our very least favorite horror films. So I'll start with my number five, which I'm afraid I'm going to get a lot of flack about. My number five least favorite horror film is Get Out. Wow, really? Yes. Wow. I did not like it at all. Um, no. I, I'm going to get a lot of flack about that because I understand how big of a deal that movie was. Mm-hmm. I think the director is great. I think that the storyline had a lot of potential. But for me personally, I just feel like it fell short. I think that there was so much that they could have done with the like the first half of the movie. I was very interested. And then I just feel like it got kind of weird. I think it could have gone in a different direction. Um, like I said, I... I appreciate so many things about the movie. I think the acting was great. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm going to get so much flack about it. But I just really didn't like where the movie ended up at the end. I just didn't care for it. Wow. Yeah, I I, I, I do see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And I will admit, to that the first time I saw Get Out, I really enjoyed it. And it was something that I never quite seen before as a storytelling and I really enjoyed it and I do um, agree that all of the performance throughout were amazing yes. and I really do love the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jordan Peele too is a really great director and I think we're going to see a lot more great things coming from I him. I think so too. But I do but then I'd say the second and third time I've seen it, it I didn't get that same excitement as I did the mm-hmm. first time. So I I can see where you're coming from. And I that. agree, I think you're right. It is different. It's we haven't seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. And I think that he took a lot of risks with that movie and I don't think that they were bad risks or bad choices. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think I think the biggest reason why I didn't like it was I was expecting something. And the storyline was so different than what I expected that I feel like I was disappointed. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, I yeah. already had an idea of what it would be about, and I was wrong, so I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's, you know, like I said, I, the, I think the acting was great. I know that it won a lot of awards in different categories and things like that, and um, I think the acting was phenomenal, but I just feel like the storyline fell a little short for me. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Mm-hmm. Wow, we're, we're starting off with quite... Quite a shocker here. I know. And I uh, want to make a little side note here that this is our first time hearing our own list. Very good point. Yes. We have not told each other any of our choices, so our reactions are honest. Yep. So this is our first time hearing our own list um, that we're sharing back and forth. So, all right, yeah, we're going to have some real genuine surprises. Yes. But for my number five worst horror movie, well, this should be no surprise to anyone, but my number five 
was Pet Cemetery the remake. Yes. Oh. Very, very good choice. Yeah. And, and I won't elaborate too much on this. So if you guys are curious about why why I think Pet Cemetery the remake is number five, go check out our second episode mm -hmm. and we'll go we go much more into detail about that. But And why it sucked. Yeah. This <laughs> is just such a disrespect to the book and the original Pet Cemetery mm -hmm. movie. There was just nothing exciting about it. There was no scares. It was just, it was, it was as, it was just as plain as a, it's just as plain as ever. It was so boring. Not good at all. So definitely, if you're going to go with the films, go with the original from 89 for sure. Absolutely. So what's your number four? My number four is The Poltergeist from 82. Wow. You're hitting hard with all these like or almost original classics now even. What? There's a reason why I don't like the Poltergeist. And when I was younger, my mom loved that movie, which is very strange because she, and I know she's listening, so um, <laughs> she doesn't like evil movies. She's okay with scary movies, but she doesn't like evil movies. And I liked horror from a very young age. So she told me, you should really see the poltergeist. She said it's so scary. It's really, really good. She really hyped it up. Mm -hmm. So we watched it, and I was bored out of my mind. I did not find it entertaining at all. I thought it was really boring, and I think it was because it was hyped up so much. But here's something interesting. My mom insists that they cut out tons of the movie and that the original stuff that was in there that was very scary is no longer in there anymore. And I can't find anything on that, but that wouldn't be surprising because we actually watched Jaws a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, um, and I hadn't seen Jaws in a long time. And there are specific lines in that movie that were cut out because Jaws was originally rated R and they made it PG-13. So they cut out little bits, mostly swears, Mm -hmm. but they cut out little things. So I think it's very possible that a lot was cut out of the Poltergeist when they brought it from VHS to DVD or something like that. But if you watch it now, I'd be really curious to see if anyone else says, you know, there's parts that are missing because it was boring. The girl went into the TV, the end. Like, it was, I just, I wasn't entertained by it at all. Yeah, and I, I, def I can see your points, and... Poltergeist 2 was never really a big favorite of mine. Mm -hmm. I think it's more known for everything that was kind of behind the scenes because yes. it's known for the Poltergeist curse mm -hmm. and the fact that uh, some of the special effects that they used, especially too where they used real skeletons for the scene in the backyard with yep. the pool. Um, so I think it's more well known for everything that goes around it than the actual story. I think you're right, and the little girl who plays the main character in The Poltergeist, she died. Yeah. Not necessarily on the set of the first one. I think it was maybe after the third one. But yeah. there is a curse that is surrounded with that movie, and I agree. I think that that's probably scarier than the movie itself. Yeah, exactly. So what's your number four? Well, my number four, I'm not sure that you're going to be familiar with this one, but okay. this one was um, on Netflix, mm -hmm. and I believe it still is, so if you guys are really curious, you can check it out, but it's called Apostle. Okay, that one I haven't seen. Okay, it was so boring. Mm. It just kind of fell flat for me, which I saw uh, trailers for it, and I thought, that looks really cool. It takes 
place in an older setting and the, cinemat the cinematography looked really good. The story was seemed interesting. It's about a man who goes to find um, his sister, I believe, who went missing. Mm -hmm. And he goes to this kind of a new place. Um, I don't know if it's on an island. It's been so long because since I've seen it and I just, that's the thing too. It's, I just don't remember it's anything. It's not worth remembering. Yeah, I just could not remember anything, but I was just so disappointed because it looked like it could have been a really creepy movie. Mm -hmm. And Netflix originals, uh, their original movies, are often pretty good. I agree with that. Yeah, definitely. But this one just fell flat. It just, there was no spark. There was not even, there were moments where I thought it was going to get creepy, but I just got bored. Just do not recommend. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So my number three is American Psycho. Oh, yep. I remember us talking a bit about mm -hmm. this one. So... American Psycho was one of those movies that was always on my list. It was one of those movies that everyone says you should see, and it's super, super good, and I just never got around to it. So when I finally watched it, I'm pretty sure I had this look of confusion on my face the whole time. I'm just like, what? And it wasn't that I didn't get it. I just didn't get the appeal. It's about a guy who's takes exceptional care of himself and he's really cocky and he sleeps with all these women and there's all these sex scenes and then he randomly thinks about putting a kitty in an ATM machine and he kills all these people like I just I think that Christian Bale was I think he acted very well mm -hmm. um, I think he played the part very well I'm not a big fan of his in general um, he's a good actor but he's just not one of my favorites but I don't know. I feel like the movie, I don't know why it's considered horror to begin with. Um, you know, I feel like if I'm going to watch something like that, I'd much, I would much rather watch Dexter. Fair enough. Fair mm -hmm. enough. Yeah, and actually, I would say, too, that there are actually other slasher films, if, uh, because I think that's why it's mostly known as horror, because some uh, a lot of people put it in that slasher mm -hmm. category. But I actually think that there are much better slashers that I would recommend other people who are just getting into the horror genre and, and are thinking, what's a good kind of slasher film? Right, definitely. I, there's, yeah, I, I can see that. I think that there's definitely a lot of other slasher films that I would recommend. Someone, American Psycho, was not going to be the first one I would no, recommend. definitely not. Well, for my number three, I'm, I'm probably feeling now I'm probably going to get a little bit of hate on this one, but okay. my number three... Is paranormal activity. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, I am not actually the biggest fan of uh, found footage. Mm -hmm. There's actually only two movies that are found footage that I do like. Um, but overall... I have a guess. Uh, oh, take your guess. Is it one of them, The Blair Witch Project? It is not. Really? Wow. It okay. is not. Um, my The two that I like are Wreck. Uh, which is a Spanish-speaking horror film. And yes, they did, they remade it. Uh, it's a movie called Quarantine. Mm -hmm. And they remade it. And it's okay, but I mean, please watch the original um, Wreck because it's, it's really good. Okay. And the second one is actually on Netflix. It's called Creep. And I've seen that one. Oh, you've seen, yes. have you seen the second one? I have not. Oh, second one is also pretty good. But okay. those are the only two found footage movies that I like. 
And then when I saw the trailers for Paranormal Activity, because of course that was the big, oh, it's the scariest movie ever, mm -hmm. and they're showing all these footage of people watching it in the uh, in the movie theater. They're all and screaming. They're, yeah, they're all scared. And when I saw it, it I just did not get scared. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, okay, it's some people in a house. They think it's haunted, and these little things are happening. I just don't get scared by those things. I don't no. get scared by a door closing by itself. Yes, yeah, is, is it a little creepy? Yes, but is it something that I think is actually going to terrify me? No. Mm -hmm. And it just, so I'm just shocked that it lived, it like went up to that hype where it's so scary. I And even with the ending, I'm just thinking, okay. That's it. It's, it's over. Yeah. I, I kind of wasted my time there. I have to agree with you on that. I actually find them kind of boring. Mm -hmm. Like, nothing really happens until the end. Yep. And, like, you, I think you and I both have a, kind of like people who have a high, a high pain tolerance. We have a high horror tolerance. Yes. That isn't going to scare us. Absolutely not. Now, if we're in a house and a door closes by itself, that's a different story. But watching the footage and... The door moves a little bit or the blanket gets tugged a little bit. Yeah, not really too scary. Yeah. So my number two is The Mist. Wow. And a, and a Stephen King one, I know, too. I know. And I have, I think it it started out okay. But the thing is, the ending is totally different than the book. And and this and honestly I really should have looked because I don't remember how the book ends. It's been a really long time. But I know that it didn't end like the movie. And I'm going to spoil it for those of you who haven't seen it. The end of the mist, they escape in a vehicle. Mm -hmm. And there's a dad and a little boy and then people from the grocery store that they were trapped in. And they're stuck in the mist, which is just this massively thick fog and there's things in the mist that are killing people and the movie ends with the dad shooting everybody in the car including his son and then when he goes to shoot himself there are no more bullets and then that's when the u.s military comes to rescue everybody and he just killed his son and the movie ends i didn't like the ending it was it was totally well, first of all, when you watch it, you're like, oh, I can't believe he just did that. But I don't know. I didn't care for the ending. I don't see why they changed it. And I don't know. It just wasn't one of my favorites. I really, it's one of those movies that I would never watch again because I just didn't like it. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I remember watching it and yeah, I wasn't affected by it mm -mm. as much. And I was even thinking too, when it ended, I'm thinking, you know what? The book is probably much better. It was. I, I it was. I can imagine. Like I was watching, then I could think, this is probably one where the book is ten times better than this movie. It is, and the thing about the book too versus the movie, it's very hard to make a movie like that because a lot of the things in the fog you can kind of like use your imagination, and that's what scares you. Yeah. Kind of like with Bird Box, they don't ever show what it looks like. Mm -hmm. That's what's scary about it, because you're going to build it up in your head. It's scarier to read it in the book and use your imagination. When they try to show it in a movie, sometimes it just isn't effective. Yeah, and I think, too, especially where there's monster creatures, it is more fun to read about monster creatures mm -hmm. in your imagination than sometimes seeing them on the screen. Yeah. All right, so my number two 
is Lords of Salem. Oh, and I haven't seen that. Oh, okay. Well, we got to talk first about Mr. Rob Zombie. Now, I've been a fan of his music. I do like some of his songs. Mm -hmm. And I have to say his movies are quite interesting. I can agree with that. Yeah, I think interesting is the best word to describe it. I did actually kind of like uh, Devil's uh, Rejects. Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. I always say that it's more of a music video than it is a movie, but yeah. it's still kind of fun to watch. And then Devil's Rejects, I thought, was a pretty cool uh, sequel to it. But after that, I tried uh, watching his uh, remake of Halloween. Mm -hmm. uh, both of them, I saw both his remake of the first Halloween and then his sequel to it. And it just did not hold up to my my expectations because I thought he would put a more darker unique twist on uh, Halloween and I do really like the original Halloween mm -hmm. but I just was not a big fan of Hall uh, Rob Zombie's version of Halloween and that's funny I disagree I liked his versions oh interesting I did I like the original better but I like I like to know why I like reasons and I like that he dove into Michael's childhood more so I found that interesting. I, I liked it. And see, I'm the opposite, where I like the mystery and the unknown that is behind Michael Myers. Yeah. See, I like, I like with anything, I like to know why. Gotcha. You know, even with books, I like to know why. Gotcha. Well, then he came out with this one called Lords of Salem, mm -hmm. and it's a course. Of course, it stars his wife, mm -hmm. um, who is a radio DJ, and she comes across this record and she plays it and then it kind of sums up her neighbors who may or not be in a cult of witches okay and now that premise and then with rob zombies kind of style sounds like hey that would be a great um uh, kind of a mix of a movie yeah i would check it out and no it wasn't mm. it's it's just all too much and i think i want i want rob zombie to kind of tone it down a bit because i think he's got so many great ideas for horror movies mm -hmm. in his head but i think the problem is, is that it kind of just kind of literally splats it on the screen yeah and lords of salem it just got way too much mm -hmm. and i think too that rob zombie even has like little rob zombie isms where there's a lot of swearing mm -hmm. there can be a lot of very um very wacky characters and this one just did not fall for me, and it was even there were even some moments where it was just kind of hard for me to watch, mm -hmm. and it felt uncomfortable. And there are sometimes movies where you get scared and creepy, and then you're meant to feel a little uncomfortable. But this was the kind of uncomfortable where I just did not like it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Well, here it is, our number ones. So yeah, your and number one. I don't think that you'll disagree with this. So. My least favorite horror film ever is not the original. It's the remake from 2010, I Spit on Your Grave. Oh, yes. So I haven't seen the original. I'm not going to. The reason why, and I, there's a lot of reasons why, but I hated this movie. And I, unfortunately, saw it in theaters. Oh, my goodness. So the thing is, going to the theaters is not cheap. And you're not alone a lot of the time. Um, you know, I went with a couple girlfriends and the problem is, is you can't fast forward and you can't, I mean, you could walk out, I guess. I really should have. 
I hated every minute of this movie. Yes, I get it. She gets revenge, whatever. But to me, a horror film is not 45 minutes of gang rape. I don't want to sit there and watch that. It was absolutely awful. And to play a part in a movie like that, to direct a movie like that, I I absolutely hated every minute of it. So to me, that isn't, I mean, I get that that is a scary situation, but I don't want to watch it. So I hated it. It was between that and The Hills Have Eyes for the exact same reason. I don't like either movie because there's a difference between a horror film and something that's disgusting that I don't want to watch. I don't need to, people live through so much trauma every single day. I don't need to watch it in detail on TV. That's not for me. So that's my least favorite. Yeah, I definitely agree. Mm -hmm. And there are some subject matters that do go into horror movies. Not all, but some horror movies that do make it hard to watch. And mm -hmm. that topic of, of sexual assault, too, that does get put into some horror movies, that is a very hard thing to watch. So right. I definitely, I definitely agree. And I think that, and this is a movie that you and I have talked about, and we actually saw it together, um, movies like Gerald's Game and movies that do have sexual assault in the movies, you know, you can create that terror and that trauma without watching everything in detail. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that I, I just, I feel bad for anyone that had to watch yeah. that movie. Yeah. It, and to watch it in its entirety was not an easy thing. I'm happy that she got revenge on the end. That's that's awesome that she got revenge on these guys. And in pretty gruesome, horrible ways, they deserved it. But I didn't have to see that. The whole first half of the movie is so hard to watch. Yeah, sometimes less is more. Yes, definitely. So, so, yep, so when you... And actually, this is a good little hand-up. Mm -hmm. Speaking of less is more, my number one... Definitely could have used some more of that, mm -hmm. some less is more, but my number one is Hostel. Oh, good one. Yeah, yeah that's a very good, horrible movie. <laughs> yes, and I unfortunately watched it with my mother. Oh, boy. <laughs> that was very uncomfortable, but I just do not like torture movies. Yeah. Or the, as some people call it, the torture porn or mm -hmm. the extreme movies. Now, but there are some, I, I do like Saw. and I like Saw too. Yep, and there's even some um, international movies such as um, Old Boy or I Saw uh, the Devil mm -hmm. um, are really, they do it in a more different way that is almost watchable. Mm -hmm. But then you get to a movie like Hostel and it just wasn't... It just did not do anything, yeah. and I did not like any of the main characters. They weren't characters that I would want to root for or mm -hmm. to hope that they will survive this, and everything is just not what I would want in a movie. I don't want to watch guys that go travel, they meet women, and, th and they show that too, plenty of it, mm -hmm. and that's the whole even first half is them going and traveling around the country and meeting women. So you don't even get to the scary parts until the very end. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just just not my favorite. No. Nope. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I unfortunately saw that in theaters too. Oh, no. <laughs> and it, I just remember being like, when is the scary stuff going to happen? So, yeah, I, I agree. That movie was hyped up and very disappointing. Yeah. 
But hey, but now we got our we got we're gonna get these bad tastes out of our mouths. Yep. And we're gonna move on to our top five best horror books. Yes. And so I'll start with my number five. Yes. And this should be no surprise to you, but my number five is The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon by Stephen King. Okay, great. Now Good this choice. thank you. Now this one is a bit of an underrated Stephen King book. And I just have to say, though, I am a sucker for any kind of horror, I would say more so books than movies, but I'm a sucker for anything that takes place in the woods. Mm -hmm. So I love anything that is is creepy or people get lost in the woods because I think it, you can just build so much mystery behind it. And so this story is about a girl who wanders in the woods. She's going for a hike with her mom and her brother and she gets lost. And she's uh, trying to figure out her way out of the woods to get back. But she's slowly starting to feel like something's watching her. Something's out there. And Stephen King, once again, just creates this whole atmosphere of horror and just unsure if there really is something out there or not. And it's just, it's su it's done in such a way that almost tricks your mind into you you're not sure if your mind's playing tricks on you or is there something that's really going on, that's really going on. And I've read this book, I think, twice now, and I still really liked it the second time I read it. Okay. All right. Um, so my number five is Stephen King's The Outsider. Oh, yeah. So I, Vanessa actually gave me that book. You're and welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and I absolutely loved it. Um, I'm not... Like, typically, I don't read detective stories or things like that. Um, I like detective movies or mysteries. and um, But this book was just really, really good. And what I loved about it is every time I thought I had it figured out, I was wrong. <laughs> so, it like, I'm one of those people where I can, I feel like things are predictable. And I hate when I know what's going to happen. Like, I hate when I figure it out. You know, so I like to be surprised. And The Outsider surprised me. So I really, really liked it a lot. I'm glad because, mm -hmm. and when I started reading it, it's not that I didn't like it. It just a book, it was a book that wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad that I was able to pass it down to you and it ended up on your best list. Yeah, so. it did. So thank you. Mm -hmm. I really, I loved it. It was great. Oh. And there are definitely some parts in there that are very creepy. Um, I won't ruin it because I highly suggest that you read it. But there is a scene with someone who's, I don't want to say hiding in the shower, um, but it definitely has made me check my curtain every time I go into my bathroom. <laughs> now, have you have you seen the show? Because now there's an I HBO haven't. show. I don't have HBO. Oh. So I would love to. Um, I've heard really good things about it, but I haven't checked it out. Well, hopefully one of these days they'll be able to check it out and I can, so. can get back to us. Definitely. All right, so my number four is a book called Hollow Kingdom by Jane Buxton. I'm sorry if I we may pronounce some names wrong, mm -hmm. so my apologies. But Hollow Kingdom, so it's a story um, about, and it's actually told through the perspective the perspective of a crow. So it's a pet, it's a domestic a domesticated pet crow named Shitturd, <laughs> and he goes by St for short. And he's got an owner, and he also has um, a dog that also lives with him. And he's slowly realizing that the world is becoming an apocalypse and that the humans are becoming zombies. So his owner is now a zombie, 
and um, he and and I'm sorry I forgot the name of the dog that's with him but he and the dog run away from his their from their owner because now he's a zombie and he's trying to go after them and it's just told in the perspective of this pet crow who is just realizing the world apocalypse and it's told from the perspective of domesticated pets so you have it'll jump from st's point of view and then the next chapter will be from the perspective of a cat and watching how they're perceiving the end of the world and then a dog and how the, and i just thought this is so clever it's the zombie apocalypse but it's told from the perspective of animals that's definitely different yeah and it made me laugh so there are moments where I'd laugh because um, the crow ST calls humans mofos because that's how his owner would um, would perceive humans as like these mofos. So now he just thinks he doesn't call them humans; he calls them mofos. So it's just little like it would make me laugh, but then it would almost make me feel a little creeped out too because they don't quite know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I, my family has a dog, and I couldn't, I just couldn't picture, you know, how my dog would be able to survive on its own if we all became zombies. Mm. So it kind of was a little hard hitting, but it was also it's a fun horror book, and I I really enjoyed it. Okay, so my number four is Salem's Lot. By Stephen King. Ah, yes. Um, None of my books are going to be a surprise to anyone, (laughs) I don't think. But Salem's Lot I really loved because it is a vampire book and I love vampire stories. But this book I actually read when I was living in northern Wisconsin in the middle of nowhere. And there's a scene where one of the boys who is a vampire is floating outside of the window trying to get another boy to come outside. And that really freaked me out because we lived in this A-frame home that was nothing but windows. And I'd be sitting there in the living room and it's winter and it's dark out and I'm reading this book and I'm starting to freak myself out a little bit. So it was a really great book to read, um, you know, living in the middle of nowhere, but it's definitely on my favorites list. I think the story was great. I like the characters, the imagery that Stephen King created was so great. I can picture everything so vividly. So that's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, definitely a classic, one that's up there with the Stephen mm-hmm. King books. So yes, that is very much so. Awesome. Now, before I say my number three, I do have to make a side note saying that I am also a big fan. Not only am I a big fan of books, but I'm also a big fan of graphic novels and manga. So the next one that I'm going to talk about is one that I've read pretty recently. And it's called Ibitsu by Haruto Ryo or Ryo Rao. I'm sorry again for the pronunciation. I'm so sorry, but um, Ibitsu tells it's a so it's a horror manga, and it's about um, it's about a brother and sister. And a brother walks by one night, and there's a creepy little girl that's sitting outside the garbage and is asking, "Do you have a sister?" and Little do we know, though, that there's a whole legend behind her where, and this is something that um, the Japanese culture does does an amazing job, is their legends, their urban legends. And there is an urban legend about a little creepy little girl that says, if you answer her, if you say yes, she'll she's going to try to follow you and become your next sister. Mm-hmm. And then if you say no, 
then she kills you. So the trick is to try to not answer her, but you don't think about it until you actually do answer her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at first you think like, oh, it's going to be like a short, creepy ghost story or urban legend story. But it just went on and on with so much twists and turns. And it's pretty gory and bloody. But this is actually the one, too, that I told you about that. Yes has a parental advisory sticker on the cover, mm -hmm. which I've never seen on a book before, never seen on a graphic novel. We've seen them on uh, CDs mm -hmm. or albums, but never on even a movies. Or even movies, too, mm -hmm. but never on a book, let alone a, a manga. So right when I saw it, I thought, okay, I'm intrigued. Mm -hmm. And I read the whole thing, too, in one night. So mm -hmm. I could not put it down. It was so good. Um, so if anyone out there is a big fan of horror manga or, or graphic novels, I do recommend that one. So my number three is The Shining. So The Shining movie and the book, I know that a lot of people have some opinions about both because they are different. Um, I think that the movie is is really great, but... The book is so much better. It's so good. I mean, watching Jack descend into madness is so interesting. And his son and the abilities that he has with The Shining and everything going on with that hotel. I mean, it really is a creepy book. And one of my favorite TV shows of all time is Friends. And there's Actually, a scene where Joey, whenever he reads The Shining, he gets scared and he puts the book in the freezer because he feels like he's safe from it. <laughs> so it, it really is just a really creepy book. So, you know, if you've seen the movie and you like it, I definitely recommend reading the book because it is very different. Um, you know, the ending is different. In the movie, Jack freezes outside in the snow and that's not how the book ends. So I highly recommend it. It is it was very hard to figure out where to put it on my favorites list because I really like it a lot. Wow. And I can only imagine, too, with the book mm -hmm. that there's probably so much more that goes on in there that we have no idea about because, you know, they can't put everything in a movie, but right. I can only imagine how much more there is going to be in there. Definitely. And I'll tell you, I wouldn't want to stay at that hotel whether there are people in it or not. Oh, so no. it's the detail that he goes into. And that's one of the reasons why I love his book so much is he... It's like watching a movie. You can picture everything. Some people don't like that he goes into so much detail. I love that because I can picture everything so clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Now for my number two, there was, uh, this one was tough because there's actually two books that I was torn between for this author. And so I was unsure what to do, which, which one to pick. But then I recently finished um, kind of his more, much more known work. Again, finished it in like two days because I just could not put it down. And then I thought, nope, this one deserves to go on the list. And that is Uzumaki by Junji Ito. It's another horror manga. And I was almost going to recommend Sh uh, Shivers also by him, which is more of a collection of his short stories. But Uzumaki is his very big... Um, it's like a 600, 700 page graphic novel wow. or manga. And it's so interesting. And the imagery on it will give anyone nightmares. I just can't believe 
just the talent that goes into someone taking the time to draw out these different horror images. And um, it's, it's all, the big story is that this town is haunted by a spiral. Now it's a spiral that it, you see the shape of it, but then it kind of takes over in so many different ways. So some people go mad and they become obsessed with the spiral. And then there's some people that develop a fear of it, a big phobia about it. And anything that takes, um, that is in the shape of a spiral starts haunting each individual one by one. And I just, I just thought, who comes up with this? Like, who just thinks a spiral and let's do this? And I often see this being compared to almost it's a Lovecraft, because uh, um, H.P. Lovecraft is known for his cosmic horror, where it's something that is so big and so you can't explain it. It's just, it just happens and we have no idea. That's kind of like what this is. It's a horror that never really you can't really take it over you can't really stop it it just it happens and it just it it's so good it's just it's yeah it that's why i, I was after when i finished it recently and like this has to be number two now okay so my number two which you won't be surprised i talked about it last time is pet cemetery yes and i won't go into too much detail because we did talk about it a lot on our last episode but Pet Cemetery is my second favorite book. I, I really love it. And the themes of guilt and grief and death, it is just a really incredibly written story. And it's not super, super long. So I always recommend that to people who want to start reading Stephen King because it isn't as overwhelming as some of his other books. Yep, I definitely think too that even people who are not the biggest Stephen King fans, Pet Cemetery is always one that ends up on their list mm. because of the story overall is just so good and such it's such an impactful story. Too. It is, really. And before we get to our number ones, um, I think that you had one as well. I did want to make like an honorable mention because these two books are not necessarily horror. I would have put them on my list, but I don't feel that they fit the genre exactly um, but they're really really worth checking out 100% so I highly recommend Behind Her Eyes by Sarah Pinborough I think that's how you say her last name so I apologize if that's not right but it's a really great story with some paranormal aspects added into it and it's um, I actually read that book because I have a friend that does the book of the month club and she chose mystery as her genre for books that she would get. And this was considered a mystery, but there was a lot of paranormal aspects to it. Hmm. And I won't give too much away because it is one of those books where I can't tell you too much about it. Um, but it's really, really good. So I highly recommend that. And then my other one, which I actually told Vanessa we should do a podcast episode on, is called Verity by Colleen Hoover. Colleen Hoover does not normally write psychological thrillers. It's not her genre. But this book, all the Facebook groups I belong to for like Facebook, um, like book clubs, they all talk about how this book absolutely destroyed them. <laughs> so <laughs> it is so creepy and so good. So I highly recommend both of those. I do have one honorable mention and you're probably going to... I don't know. I don't know how you're going to think of this, but I actually am going to recommend The Grimm's Fairy Tales. Oh, okay. Sure. Because that was my favorite collection growing up. I 
I am a sucker not only for horror that takes place in the woods, but I'm a sucker for any kind of retelling of fairy tales. Mm-hmm. And actually, when you reread uh, the Grimm's fairy tales, the original classic ones, so not any of them that have redone or even the Disney ones, the older version ones are just as creepy. They're very creepy. And it's just very unsettling. And any story that you choose from, that's why I recommend the whole collection. I personally love... Uh, the Tale of Red Riding Hood. That's a good one. Even though it's very there, it's very short. It's definitely one that I always love to reread, and just so much creepiness that can go behind these tales. Mm. And it's definitely ones that I would recommend if you want to even start getting uh, children into reading and even tapping into a little bit of horror fantasy. Always go with the uh, the Grimm's Fairy Tales. I love that, and you know, honestly, the thing about the Grimm's Fairy Tales too is. They don't all have happy endings like Disney movies do. Nope. So that is something to mention. Yeah. And something that I I actually didn't share with you yet is um, my niece is turning two next week. And I bought her her first horror book. What is it? So I will have to get back to everyone on the title, but it or on the author because it's it's a new book and I, I don't remember the author's name, unfortunately, and I don't have the book with me. So we love the No Sleep podcast. It's a great horror podcast. And they recommended one of their authors actually wrote a horror book for children. It's a kid's book. It's very short. And it's called Little Pumpkin and the Cold Bones. Oh, that that sounds actually very adorable. It's super cute. And it's just a fun way to get kids to like a spooky story. And, um, you know, they talk about how people with square teeth will make you into pies and you know it's really it's super cute so I apologize I just got it yesterday I don't remember the name of the author but if you search it on Amazon you can find it and it's a great little spooky story for your kids good yes gotta start them off young if you want to get them into horror (laughs) well we're at number one I don't think this is going to be a surprise to you or to anyone but my, my number one best horror book is of course Stephen King's It no no surprise if you guys know us this is just i just i can't believe that that this exists but i'm happy yeah. that it does i am too and that is also my number one yes. <laughs> so i think that isn't a surprise but it's just it's so worth reading it's so good it's really just a phenomenal book and it's worth reading don't be intimidated by the length of the book it is so worth it. Yeah. And I would say to try it if you really do want to try to read the book, find a good time to read it and know that you'll have time to make it almost as a commitment. Because if you keep stopping and then taking time away from it, it's just going to make it feel like it's going to drag more. If you try to read it in a good consistence of weeks or days, then it's really going to get you wrapped up into the world. Right. And I also recommend, I know some people do like to read more than one book at a time. Um, Like some people might read like a fictional book and a personal development book and have an audio book going in the car. I highly recommend that you don't read multiple books because there is a lot of detail that goes into the story of it. And it's, it's all so good, but you don't want to get distracted and get confused from other books. So I highly recommend if you're going to read it, stick to just the one book until you're done. Yep, absolutely. Well, we are on our final list and our top five scary horror movies. Yes. And again, we haven't told each other anything that's on our list. So this is always 
um, you know, really fun. And I cannot wait to dig into this and see what your favorite horror movies are. Um, I did want to ask if you had any um, honorable mentions with the horror films as well. Um, something that maybe isn't on your list, maybe it doesn't fit the category, but is there something that you would recommend that people watch? Absolutely. There's, I have one, and it's, it's currently on Netflix, so if you're curious, check it out. But it is a South Korean horror, well, horror thriller, I should say. It's a thriller drama, but there's definitely horror elements in it, and it's called Forgotten. Ooh. And it's a story about... Um, about a boy and his older brother. So their uh, family is moving to a new home. And one night, um, our main character and his older brother go out for a walk. And they're just kind of talking. And they they have a really good bond. They have a really good relationship. They're very supportive of each other. And all of a sudden, the older brother that night gets kidnapped. Ooh. And um, they're trying. The family's trying to find him and figure out where he is. And then he comes home. So the older brother comes home, but something doesn't feel right. Something doesn't feel the same. And the our main characters figuring out what's going on. And I don't want to say any more because I don't want to give go into more spoiler territory. But it's such it's such a ride, and it just kept me glued to the screen the whole time and you just start making little hints and points and starting to realize wait what's this wait I didn't notice that and I've seen it twice because it's definitely one that you want to re-watch again and there are so many movies out there that have a lot of twists and turns but this twist I did not see coming just when you think you figured it out you, you it it goes it doesn't go into a whole new circle it goes to a rectangle it's oh something completely completely different but I really liked it that's so awesome I'm going to add that to my list for sure um, my honorable mention which it's fairly new so a lot of you may have seen it already but my honorable mention is Invisible Man the the newer one yes oh, so I really loved this movie. Um, you know, I am, I've always really liked suspense movies as well, and thrillers along with horror, and this movie was just really good. It was so interesting, and for those of you that haven't seen it or don't know what it's about, it's about a woman who's in a very controlling relationship, and she escapes from him, but she's insisting that he is after her and that he found a way to turn invisible, and he is... Um, kind of a lead in his field in optics. So she's insisting that he is invisible and that he is after her. And everyone really thinks that she's just going insane and that she's just going through a lot of trauma after what she's been through with this horrible man. And it is just really good. So I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, the acting was great. And for those of you who like The Haunting of Hill House, you'll see a, a familiar face in there. Her husband was in The Haunting of Hill House. So um, it was just a really good movie, and, you know, my my family, um, you know, our boys and stuff, they don't really get into horror or suspense like I do, but everyone really enjoyed this movie, so I highly recommend it. Excellent, excellent choice. Well, do you want to start with your sure. number five? My number five favorite horror movie is The Fog, the original from 1980. I love that movie. It's so good. And that's kind of builds on what I was talking about. I like to know a reason why. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason why this is happening. So 
I love that movie. I love the creepiness. I love the lighthouse and how she can see the fog coming in. And I love the whole atmosphere. And I just really enjoy that movie a lot. Yeah, that's definitely a John Carpenter classic. Mm -hmm. And I like it, too, because I realized, too, that there's not many um, horror movies that talk about ghost stories Mm -hmm. that um, are about even... Um, I guess I don't want to spoil it, but for those that have not seen the original classic, but you don't get too many ghost stories like that in um, movies nowadays. So I like that John Carpenter took that kind of a story premise and made it his own. Yeah, I think so too. I just, I really enjoyed it a lot. It's definitely a favorite and I love watching it this time of year. I just saw it for the first time not that long ago. Um, and I just really enjoyed it a lot. So it's a, it's a household favorite. Ah, good choice. My number five is Insidious. Okay. And, yeah, I remember seeing this in uh, in the movie theater, and I don't get nightmares too often that resemble horror movies, but when I came home that night after seeing it in theaters, I could not sleep, and I had to sleep with the light on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and now, granted, I was in high school, early high school, so... Um, so that's why yeah, it was, I still wasn't quite brave enough yet. So this one pushed a little over the edge, but, but that, uh, the lipstick face demon in yes. that one, that gave, that's the one that gave me nightmares. Mm-hmm. And it's some, and even when he's in the movie too, it's so quick. So it's just a flash and yeah. you're just like, wait, what is that? But the whole s- story too, about the family mm-hmm. together and, I think all the characters worked really well with each other. The cast was great in that movie. Yeah. And it just, it's so, it's just very creepy and just the whole outside, like their own, the other dimension is, just kept me on my toes too. And I was, um, I was even thinking like, don't go in there, don't go further. Yeah. It's just, it's a very good, almost a, almost a gothic setting for, I know it's not, exactly a gothic story as the way as you know timber and sleepy hollow is but it's almost a gothic setting when they go into the other dimension Mm -hmm. that i got this gothic haunting kind of feeling definitely and you know what's funny too is some of the very subtle scary parts in that movie give chills like there's a scene where elise who's the medium or the the clairvoyant woman in that movie she has um someone with her and she's describing what she sees and he has to draw it for her yes and she's like saying under her breath what she sees and i get goosebumps thinking about it when she says hooves her feet yes and he's drawing it out and then you see it and it's got these red eyes it, i have goosebumps now just <laughs> talking about it like it's so creepy it it's such a good movie and the cast is great yeah. so very good choice yeah. and it shows too that you don't have to be an r-rated horror movie to get those kind of scares cuz it's cuz it's pg-13 and and a lot of people think PG-13 horror is not really good. Well, this this is definitely proving that um, a movie that's PG-13 can be as equally scary as a horror movie that's rated R. Yeah, I think that's true. And that's something that Vanessa and I both are very careful about when we see movies together in theaters. Because the issue with PG-13 is you do get some of the younger crowd in the movie theater and they get scared and they scream and we can't enjoy the movie as well. So... Yeah. But this one, it's not for the faint of heart for these little 
little preteens that want to go see yeah. a scary movie. This one's creepy. So exactly. very good choice. My number four is The Exorcist. Ooh. It's just, I mean, for all the, the right reasons. So many people consider that the scariest movie of all time. It's a really, really fantastic movie. The acting is great. There are so many behind-the-scenes things which I found very interesting. Like, the woman who plays the voice um, when Reagan is the demon, they used to make her smoke a bunch of cigarettes and drink whiskey before voicing the demon. I didn't know that. So all these just really interesting things. And I guess a lot of the medical procedures that Reagan had during that film were actually very medically accurate. Hmm. So I don't know what kind of procedures they were doing to her. It was pretty terrifying. But just a really great movie. And um, I, you know, it's sad, but I, I'm going to spoil it. Because if you haven't seen The Exorcist by now, like, it's been out for quite some time. Please do. Please, Please do. do. But, I mean, how, you know... The priest sacrifices himself at the end to save her is pretty incredible. So definitely a very, very good movie to watch. I, I would watch it all year round. It doesn't have to be around Halloween, but just such a good horror movie. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. My number four is Trick or Treat. Oh, okay. Yep. It's I also too love horror anthologies mm -hmm. or even um, for books some um, horror short stories. Mm -hmm. And Trick or Treat, I thought, not only just did a story or m sort of blends in all the different stories into one really well, but it doesn't feel like Halloween unless if I've seen that movie at least okay. once a year because it gives out such the Halloween spirit mm -hmm. because it's all taking place in this neighborhood and you got a Halloween party that's going on down the street and then it cuts to a new story and then there are kids who are going trick-or-treating mm -hmm. and then it's just got so many different stories that wrap up into this whole one town. Everything just kind of intertwines. Yes, and it, and it doesn't feel like something's left is out in left field. It just feels so naturally flown and I just love how it's not all all a ghost story or they're not all monsters or a, a slasher that you get kind of the best of both worlds in this um, story and even the little twists that are in the in the movie and I won't spoil it but I was generally shocked they, there were some twists in there I did not see coming and that's what made me enjoy it even more and even when I can rewatch it I still enjoy those uh, little twists, and there it's there. I never get old with this film, and mm -hmm. it just doesn't get me in the. It gets me in the Halloween spirit more than any other um, Halloween or horror movie does. Okay, great choice. So my number three, and honestly, my top three were very very hard for me because I love them all, but to put them in an order that was really hard. Oh, so I bet. my number three is Halloween from seventy eight. Wonderful I film. love the original Halloween. What I, you know, what I love about Michael Myers is he doesn't run. Nope. He, I mean, everything about him is so creepy. Even, I mean, that, that movie was so low budget. And I watched a special on it probably 10 years ago about how the movie was so low budget and it was filmed in L.A., but it was supposed to take place in Illinois. And what they did is they gathered a bunch of leaves and painted them brown and when they would, you know, film, they'd let the leaves go. And then when they would do cut, they'd have to go and grab all the leaves and put them back in a bag because they had to save them. They, you know, their yeah. budget was so low. 
and it was such a great movie. The, I mean, the music in the movie is iconic. You know, seeing his face outside the window and he's watching, it's just, I mean, that is horror. It's, it's so wonderful. So I really, I, and we watch that movie every year. It's just such a great one, and it's so subtle. I mean, when she thinks he's dead and he just sits straight up, like, it's so creepy. So really, that's that's always going to be on my list. I love the original Halloween. And that's what I wish that I want to see more in slashers now. And I, and I know that the slasher subgenre is definitely known now for its gore effects, and you see blood you see stabbing you see everything Mm -hmm. but I do wish that there are some that can just go back to the Halloween roots and just be that subtle and just Mm -hmm. know that it's equally scary to just have someone like Michael Myers watching you from a distance or watching from you behind a tree than it is to just when they're running up and stabbing you right and like you said less is more exactly so before I say my number three I want to just say that I not only am I a huge fan of trying to find horror hidden gems, but I love international horror movies. There are some uh, that I just think even do the horror genre even a bit better than what we watch here in the States. So, and it's hard to, it was hard for me to pick certain international horror movies to add to my list because they're all so good, but I had to go with some of the ones that really affected me and made me think and one of those is actually a pretty recent one that's on Netflix and that's the South Korean horror film called The Wailing. Now I think if you really liked The Exorcist Mm -hmm. you're really gonna like The Wailing. Okay. Because it's a story about um, a man who is a police officer and they start suspecting that this small uh, uh, village that they're in is being affected by something where people are starting to get sick and then they're starting to go mad and they're trying to figure out what it is and then they see that this Japanese man is coming into their village and because he's different because uh, they think he's an outsider they think that he's causing all of this but then um, but then soon uh, our main character he's got a young daughter and she starts becoming sick and almost possessed in a way and he's trying to figure out how to get his daughter, um, in a way, how to get his daughter back. And there's just, it just makes you think so much about what is really going on in the village. And there's characters that slowly start to come in and start to come around him. And it's almost a a story even about suspicion and thinking, well, if I do something this way, it's going to go away. Or if I follow what what this shaman says or what this person says oh it's going to make everything better and it's just even kind of trusting your own beliefs your own faith and almost thinking well how far would i go to save my child and every time or when i was watching it every person that was coming in or i thought i'm like i think that person might be bad i don't know if i trust this person i don't know and i just really cared for the main character and his daughter so it's definitely just such an impact in the ending, too. I had to pause it and couldn't speak. I was just like, what? Okay. So definitely, definitely one. And again, it is, it's a long, it's a long film, but never once did I feel like it was that long or it was so, it's such a long movie that I dragged out. It just, it kept me going and it just every single minute felt intense, too. Wow. Okay. That sounds good. 
I'll have to add that one to my list. Vanessa does have a very special gift for mm -hmm. hidden gems when it comes to movies. So definitely take her recommendations oh, on I, these ones. I try my best. <laughs> so my number two favorite horror film is Insidious Chapter 2. Ah, oh, okay. So, Vanessa and I saw that movie in theaters when it came out, and I will never forget that we bought the large popcorn, and within two minutes, we're like, we're not eating this, and we put it down because we were so afraid we were going to throw it in the air. Like, <laughs> that whole movie, you're on edge the entire time. I had a very hard time choosing between Insidious and Insidious Chapter 2 because it really is, like, one giant movie. It just flows so well, but... Again, I like to know why, and Chapter 2 kind of goes into more detail about the woman in black, so I just really love that movie, and the acting, and, you know, getting into the further, and every, it's just, I, that's such a good movie. So, I had a hard time choosing between the two, but I went with Chapter 2. Yeah, well, and that's, and it was quite a surprise, too, because normally sequels, especially to ones like... Um, insidious too mm -hmm. you're just thinking huh, how can you live up to that right but for the sequel to even be almost as scary as the first one mm -hmm. I, I mean definitely props to them because and it is such an interesting story that I'm glad that they kept with the creepiness of it too yeah because I mean it's it's very original it isn't like oh here's another one of these it's definitely a very original plot and I really enjoyed it but you know how it is. You go into the sequel thinking it's not going to be as good as the first one. And this is one of those few movies where I'm like, wow, I'm really having a hard time deciding if I like the sequel better than the original. And that's not very common with any movies. So, yeah, this was a good one. Yeah. Well, good choice. Great choice. Okay. Well, my number two is another international horror, and it's called Raw. It's a French film. And it's a story about a girl who is uh, a vegetarian and she's going to uh, college to study to become a vet. And in this college though, and her older sister goes there as well, um, they partake in this ritual where she has to eat raw meat. And of course she's a vegetarian, she doesn't like the taste of meat, never eats meat. But then once she goes in this ritual and she has her first taste of meat, Let's just say that Taste of Me kind of expands a little bit further, and I don't want to say any more. Now, I do have to say, this one is pretty gory. Uh, there are kind of shocking moments with blood. However, this is a bit more of a coming-of-age story because the main character, she starts, she starts off very shy, very quiet, and... She goes uh, to a party and she just kind of hides in the back and her sister is kind of the one that um, gets the attention more and kind of helps her out too with um, kind of exploring herself and becoming more of a woman almost. And so those moments of gore didn't take me out of the movie because I saw it as almost symbolic of this young girl's transformation in a way. And so I was just kind of drawn into her and her backstory and how this whole change of not only okay trying meat for the first time and then as that it goes on further but also just her going to college and being around uh, different people and then she's having this thing where she may or may not have a little crush on her roommate and it's just exploring it in such 
a unique way and it's almost pretty to look at like the style of the film is just it was just so intense too and again gory but to me it wasn't as disturb it wasn't a disturbing gore like the gore to me kind of made sense and okay. it didn't take me out of the film it's not a film like hostile where it's just for shock and gore value that this this kind of level of gore made sense and didn't disturb me at all I think that some movies do gore very well. And you had mentioned this movie earlier, but Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. That movie's so dark, and very it's that gothic style. Everything's very black and white and gray. The blood actually adds something to it. Like Sweeney Todd, same thing. It adds something to it. So, yeah, it's very bloody and gory, but it, it just makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Here we are, our number ones. What is your... Top scary horror film. This one was an easy choice for me. The Conjuring. Ah, yes. Easy choice because there are so many good movies out there. And to put them on a list is not easy, especially when you only get five and not 50 choices. The Conjuring was a no-brainer. I absolutely love Ed and Lorraine Warren. They're paranormal investigators um, in real life. I mean, they um, unfortunately, they have both passed away at this point, but... They're notorious for investigating the Amityville Horror House and so many others that we could get into, but The Conjuring was such a great story. I love the actors. Um, everyone in there, I thought the cast was really great. The story flowed very well. It wasn't a movie full of just jump scares. I just love the storyline, and honestly, I don't get scared easy. That movie came out it's been a while now mm-hmm. and I still have a hard time looking behind my bedroom door at <laughs> night because there is a scene with a girl who has like her leg tugged and she kind of wakes up and she sees something behind the door and you can't see anything as the viewer it's just dark but the look on her face the pure horror of what she's seeing behind the door and the door kind of just opens a little bit it is so chilling and to this day, if I go to bed earlier than everybody else in the house, I make sure to open my door and look behind it with the light on before I open it all the way. But it's just a great story. It's about a family that, um, with five girls, bless their souls, <laughs> and, you know, the mom and dad move into this really big, really nice house, and just these really strange things start to happen. Things are... You know, they're hearing clapping noises, and it, it's not the kids. And the mom notices that she's got bruises on her. She doesn't know where they come from. And all these little things start to build up. And the mom feels like there is something in the house. So she gets the Warren's help. And it's just a really good story. So easily my favorite scary movie of all yeah. time. Yeah, James Wan, the director, who mm-hmm. has directed many of the good horror movies out there, definitely mm-hmm. he knows how to make a great horror film and that's definitely I think one of his one of his greats definitely and what's nice about it too is not only can he create a good horror film but he creates a really good story great characters like everything about it is really good so if you haven't seen it up to this point I highly recommend it well real quick what were your thoughts of The Conjuring 2 I thought The Conjuring 2 was okay I mean again like we always say the sequels aren't always as good Mm -hmm. but I I did like The Conjuring 2 um you know, one of the creepiest parts in that that movie to me is when Lorraine Warren tries to figure out the name of the demon. 
you know, and she says that she knew she wrote it down when she was, like, in a trance, and I think there's a lot of really creepy parts in there. I definitely like the first one better, mm-hmm. um, but I did like the second one. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, for my number one. Yes. Now, I said before, I'll say it again, I am a sucker for horror that takes place in the woods. Yes. I'm a sucker for fairy tales. And the one movie that combined them both and did such an amazing job that I loved it so much was The Witch. Oh, sure. Okay. I I just love this movie. I think the performances were incredible. The cinematography, I felt cold throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. just had this feeling of coldness. And I just could not believe the story, too. And it's a movie that's not about a witch that's haunting a family. It's about something that a witch may do to this family and then how they're starting to accuse each other. And they're all alone in the woods and it's just it's just showing how, how something may happen to a family and then they start not trusting each other. And just and then the little hidden agenda of Black Philip which at first I thought like, oh yeah, he's a creepy animal and something may be possessing him, but little do we know, spoiler alert here, but please, please see it. Please watch The Witch. But spoiler here that Black Phillip is actually the devil. And that, to me, that ending too was just complete shock. And I had no idea that instead of always thinking, oh, it's all about The Witch, it's actually even about something that's hidden so small in the family. And, yeah, I think that this is almost a fairy tale in a way, too, for for adults, even. And I just loved every minute of it. I saw it in theaters, and it kept making me think about it. It made me even want to just look up more about the lore of mm-hmm. that time period and how the Salem Witch Trials were in effect. And it's... Yeah, it's definitely my number one. I just really enjoy that movie. I can see that. It's a really great film, and um, it definitely makes you think. It's one of those movies that when it's over, you want to almost know a little bit more. So it was was very good. Very good choice. Yep. Yeah. Well, I got to say, I'm, I'm shocked that that there were some that I didn't know was going to make on your list or not, but I'm definitely, definitely say that you have a really great list. Oh, thanks, and so do you. And honestly, like, my book list, I think, isn't any surprise. I really, really tried to sit down and look at the books that I have, and I'm like, you know, I have so many books that I love, but I can't put them on a list above Stephen King. I just can't. So I give you a lot of credit for branching out a little bit more because I kept to my little bubble. But you had a lot of movies, too, that I was really surprised about. So this was really fun, and I'm glad that we didn't tell each other what was on our list because it was interesting to, you know, see what the other thought. Yeah, it definitely made it more exciting and... Sometimes, too, it's like where we we know a lot about each other because we have been friends for a very long time. Mm -hmm. But then now there's some where I had no idea that that would have made your list. I would have think, oh, this is a movie that you love, but nope, it's one that you hate. And it's nice to hear, too, that even though we may have different opinions on what we like or what we don't like, we still love that world of horror. and, And it's just so amazing to hear. And it's tough, too, because I almost wanted to put some... Guilty Pleasures on there. 
and I wanted to maybe even add some movies from my childhood that maybe I don't watch as often, but nope, I, I'm pretty, pretty content then with, with the list. Yeah, I am too. So we hope that you all have an absolutely wonderful Halloween. Definitely get yourself in the spirit for today. Read a scary book. Watch one of the movies that we put on our good list, not the bad one. Yeah. Yes, have a happy Halloween, everyone. Stay safe. And since over here where we are, it is a nice sunny day. So hopefully you are all enjoying this spooky time and enjoy a very happy, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. the midnight hour thank you for tuning into our discussion we will see you again shortly when the moon is full and the clock strikes midnight